Welcome to episode 17 of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards Swift World Domination. Joining us today is Bob Brown. Bob is a teacher at John Hersey High School in Arlington Heights, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. He has been there for 20 years and teaches both math and computer science. Bob is a new Apple Distinguished Educator in the class of 2017 and has been recognized for his innovation in teaching Swift and app development. Additionally, Bob does contract work for Mobile Makers EDU, which I will let him explain in a minute. Hi, Bob. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Brian. So tell us about Mobile Makers. Okay. So my involvement with Mobile Makers started back in 2014 when they uh, trained myself and uh, six other teachers from my high school district in Swift development. And since that time, I've also done some work with them for curriculum, and I've also done some teacher training with them. Basically, they uh, provide uh, Swift training to teachers especially those that have been repurposed from other uh, course disciplines to be able to teach computer science in Swift. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you would like more information about Mobile Makers EDU, you can find them on the web and you can listen to go back and listen to episode five of this podcast where I interviewed Stacy Nagowski from Mobile Makers EDU. So now, Bob, why don't you tell us about where you teach and what you teach? Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, I'm uh, in a suburb of Chicago. It's about 20 minutes outside of Chicago, and uh, I teach both math and computer science. I've been here for 20 years. If you count the four years of high school, I've been here for 20 year, 24 years since I'm actually teaching at the high school that I went to. Um, I absolutely love what I do. This year, currently, I have uh, AP Computer Science A. I've got AP Computer Science Principles. I've got Mobile App Development, and I also teach AP Calculus. So I've got uh, a really great group of kids, a great set of classes, and unbelievable support for what I do here at Hersey. Our district is very, very supportive for uh, computer science right now. I've never, in the 20 years of teaching, I've never felt the weight nationally or locally towards computer science that uh, there is right now. There's, there's so much funding and so much interest in computer science. It's just been a fantastic time. Wow. That's that's quite a schedule with teaching Swift and AP Calculus and those other things. Uh, as of myself, a former or uh, what do I call myself, a recovering math teacher who now <laughs> teaches that's that's quite a schedule. Yeah, it's we we always kind of joke around about uh, there was always that teacher in middle school or high school that always got the good classes. I I've suddenly become that guy. You know, I. I can't complain about any part of my day when other people are uh, complaining about their schedule or anything like that, because I'm unbelievably lucky, lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I had to have a journey to go from math teacher to uh, teaching Swift. I'm interested in what your journey was or is. Yeah. So the journey for, for teaching Swift specifically started in 2014 when our high school or even just, or even just computer CS and encoding the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, I could go, <laughs> I could go back to fourth grade when uh, that was probably my first introduction with. Uh, I had a teacher that had an Apple IIe in the classroom, and uh, I remember him putting me back on the computer, challenging me to draw a line and vertical and horizontal and make the dot move across the screen. So. 
that that I remember a little bit. And uh, my dad also uh, was a computer programmer for a short time in his career before he moved to phone systems. So we had an old 8088 computer in uh, at home where he would uh, take the modem and put the phone on and dial up and uh, close the phone and call in every once in a while. Then I really didn't touch it again until college where um, I had a teacher in college that uh, made us do an educational website in the very early days of the internet. I kind of took to it and he he actually hired me at uh, the University of Illinois to click on links. And basically in those days, the link would sometimes be active for about three days and then it would move places. And so my job was to literally click on links, find if it moved, rewrite the HTML code to uh, make sure it worked and just continue to do that uh, each day. And I progressed slowly from that job to another job and another job. And so all through college, my friends were making four twenty-five an hour working in the cafeteria line, and I was making $12, $15 an hour working on websites. And then when I was hired here at Hersey, um, they were teaching uh, the introductory computer science class in Pascal. And the teacher that uh, had done that retired. And so the summer before that I started teaching, I was trying to find a Pascal class to be able to teach that uh, that class that they wanted me to teach. And I talked to a friend of mine that was in uh, computer science at Harper College, our local community college. And he said, you know that the AP exam has transferred over to C++. Why are you guys still teaching Pascal? So I had taught a single day in computer science and I walked into the administration. And I said, I, I'm struggling to find a class in Pascal. I got a recommendation to teach to C++ instead of Pascal and they went with it. So here I am, a first-year teacher changing the curriculum to C++ and uh, taught C++. And then when it switched over to Java, taught Java in AP Computer Science and in my beginning-level classes. And then 2014 was when uh, the district kind of started really looking at their computer science. We have 13,000 students in our district. We're a six-high school district. And at that time, in 2014, we had about 140 students across the district enrolled in computer science. And our uh, assistant uh, superintendent basically made a commitment to say, we need to change that. And that's how they found mobile makers at the time teaching the boot camp and sending us to the boot camp where we were trained in how to uh, teach iOS. And at the time, a good part of the story here, um, we originally were for four weeks teach, te- taught um, Objective C, oh. and it wasn't until the, it wasn't until the last week that uh, we were watching WWDC and they introduced uh, Swift. And I turned and looked at uh, the trainer that was uh, the lead trainer, and his jaw was laying on the floor. And I kind of laughed and I said, "How much does this change what you guys are doing?" And he goes, "Everything's changing." And to their credit, at the time, they rewrote during that summer of 2014 their entire curriculum from uh, Objective-C into Swift so that we were one of the first high schools across the nation to be teaching Swift that, uh, that school year. And so since then, it's just been taking off unbelievably. Yeah, there's a, that's a lot to go through. Um, yes. It's interesting how you just started your your career in college, that is an argument we make uh, in career tech. You know, 
you can go to a like in Ohio, a career tech high school and still go to college and you can learn a skill and make more than minimum wage while your friends are all doing that, especially if you want to come into mine and my colleague Mike, our class, and learn, you know, Swift and um some Unity game creation and C sharp and HTML and JavaScript. Or you can, you know, stay at your home school and take a minimum wage job, but Anyway, past that, yeah, I remember uh, when they made that announcement, I had just been in a uh, coding boot camp in Las Vegas, and then Apple comes out with that new Apple announces Swift, and I was mad, and I thought, oh, I just got decent at Objective-C, but then the more <laughs> I got into it, I'm like, oh, we could use this as a as a teaching language, because yes. I can't imagine what it was like for you to try and teach Objective-C to high school students. I mean, that. Yeah, it the language itself is just so much better and cleaner. Uh, the language of Swift than Objective C. You could see that it was Objective C was just okay. We need this, so we'll write this, and it was just keep adding on to uh, you know an older language that needed new things. Where uh, Swift was kind of planned from the beginning. You can see it. Yeah, there's. Uh, do you listen to the Accidental Tech podcast? I have a couple times, not not often. So there was an episode, I think it was, yeah, last January, right after Chris Latner left Apple, and he explained the origins of Swift. Uh, if anybody hasn't heard that episode, I'll put a link in the show notes. It is fantastic. Uh, it is, it's a great episode, and he was very forthright, um, Chris Latner was, about how Swift came to be and some of their goals. And I'm sure part of it was education. He did not mention that, or maybe he did. I, I don't remember, but... Um, it, it really is a, a fantastic listen if you want to know about the origin story of Swift and how it came to be and I think why one of the reasons why it's such a great teaching language, if not the best teaching language. All right, Bob, what is your favorite part of teaching uh, computer science and coding? Um, I absolutely love the, the problem-solving aspect of uh, computer science. We talk a lot in my classes about crit and how your brain kind of hurts when uh, you're learning and, and that frustration is good. And that, uh, you know, if you are making mistakes that you're actually creating more neurological pathways than you are and just trying to answer a question correctly without any sort of growth. And so that's the piece that I absolutely love. And that's also what I love about calculus too, is, is the growth that you see in the kid's mindset having that growth mindset to go from uh, something that they don't know how to do to suddenly being able to be able to do it. Um, it always makes me laugh when a kid comes in to, to see us. And so, Mr. Brown, we, did you stay up last night and watch Google's new introduction or Apple's new introduction? I stayed on the internet for like six hours last night and I didn't sleep. And do you know about the newest video card? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, slow down. It's, it, I, you've, you've, you have time to be able to watch that and I don't have time to it. But their excitement to uh, the new technology is just such another wonderful part of teaching coding and, and computer sciences. You know, you, you don't quite have that same enthusiasm that you see in mathematics, but uh, um, I absolutely love teaching uh, the, the coding in the CS classes. Bob, so you mentioned grit. Are you talking about uh, referencing Angela Duckworth's work on grit, the power of passion and perseverance? Because I, I think her work is fantastic, and I think it's spot on. You know, they talk, and you also mentioned the growth mindset, uh, which I see them as one and the same. I know my district is really big into the growth mindset this year. 
almost nauseatingly so. Uh, <laughs> is that something your district's doing with uh, with uh, yes. growth mindset? Yes, we we've talked quite a bit about a growth mindset. Uh, some of my graduate classes have talked about growth mindset, and then about the grit. Yeah, I've read some of the articles that you're talking about. That I just I love the idea of persevering through problem, and uh, that's when you really grow. Yeah, you know, I actually wrote a. Uh, I heard her um, on uh, Freakonomics radio podcast. Do you know that one? No, I don't. Do you know Freakonomics, the book? I know Freakonomics. Okay, yeah. so yeah. the two guys, uh, Dubner, Stephen J. Dubner, one of the two economists, does a podcast. He has a radio show called Freakonomics Radio, and he interviewed her, and it was fantastic. And I was thinking about how it relates to teaching Swift. So I wrote a, a, a blog post about why I, you know, in my experience, I have found Swift, the Swift Playgrounds app with my juniors to be gritty and, right. yeah, and, and really helpful with them. And, um, so I'll put a link in the show notes, but it's good to know that, uh, I am not the only person, uh, suffering through, I mean, experiencing growth mindset <laughs> from an administration. Um, perhaps we can commiserate offline sometime. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, Bob, are you teaching Swift on iOS, on Mac, or on both? Uh, for me personally, I am doing both. In my AP Computer Science Principles class, one of the things that I do is uh, I've written a AP Computer Science like algorithm development uh, playground book. So the kids take each week an algorithm that they have to write, whether it's sorting a... Uh, string into alphabetical order or finding a digit in a five-digit integer number and what position it's in. What I see really important in the transition from AP Computer Science Principles into AP Computer Science A is the algorithm development. And so um, the kids on their iPads use Swift Playgrounds to be able to write, you know, these four, five, six-line uh, algorithms. Uh, so that's where they do some work on iOS. On the Mac, um, I teach in both in AP Computer Science Principles and my mobile apps class. Those are about uh, you know creating uh, apps for uh, the iOS devices. So it's a little bit of both in my classes that I teach. On iOS, then your students, um, they will eventually progress. They're using Swift Playgrounds app, and correct. Yes, and then will they progress through the intro to end the app development with Swift, and then app development with Swift? Yeah, they, we we kind of bypass the intro to app development with Swift. Um, we go straight into the app development with Swift and uh, the use of Mobile Maker's curriculum in our courses. And so I've used some of the the playgrounds and some of the readings from intro, but uh, mainly I'm using uh, the materials from app development with Swift that. Uh, um, Apple has produced. So where are you at this year? This is our first year using the app development with Swift. Uh, what course are you on right now? Oh, the In, in my uh, um, mobile apps class, I am in app development with Swift. And I think we're lesson 2.8. It's the uh, um, um, UI kit uh, where you've learned uh, 
how to do collections, how to do. Yep. Uh, yep. Okay. I'm know, just classes, so. <laughs> just kind of checking because that's exactly where my class is. <laughs> yeah. And I get this feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so far behind. Uh, somebody left a message in the Swift Teacher Slack channel that like, hey, in lesson three dash three dot seven, I'm like, what the heck? Oh. I'm like a chapter behind. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, so the, for everybody out there, if you're doing app development with Swift, and I know there are a few of us in high school doing it. Uh, yeah, chapter two, I should be getting done with that like right after Christmas break. So that's kind of about where I'm going to be at. Yeah, I think I'm probably in the second semester going to have to go to teaching. I, I have a luxury in my high school because I get them for two and a half to three hours in the afternoon. And I can just tell my colleague, Mike, I'm like, hey, I'm going to need Tuesday and Friday afternoons. and I'm sure he'll right. be fine with it. So. Since we mentioned it, and we're both using the new app development with Swift course for high school and community colleges, what do you think of it? So far, so good. Things have been uh, going very well. We we absolutely love you know uh, working with the playgrounds. I, I love the interactive nature of the playgrounds. Um, we are a little light on the apps, so what I'm having to find that I'm doing is every couple lessons. We'll just make an app that kind of uses the things that uh, we use because the guided projects are, are great in each of the chapter. But you, you get to the point where you've done so many Swift playgrounds in a row that it, you're ready to just make an app and put it on a device. And I'm lucky enough to be a one to one iPad uh, uh, district. So to have an app that the kids can take home and even if it's something silly, like where you press a button and it changes from one picture to the next picture. The kids like making the apps. So uh, after doing two or three of the playground lessons in a row, we'll try to make sure that we do an app kind of in between uh, those. But uh, in terms of content, my kids are really just craving the the understanding of content. I, I can't believe how well they understood structures. You know, structures in my career has always kind of been a very vague thing in a kid's mind until they've really worked with them for a while. And uh, the kids this year have done a really nice job of really understanding what the initializers do and and what uh, the parts of the structure are to be able to to use them as, as they store data. Well, it's interesting. I'm having like the exact same experience. They are the, the kids, I was really surprised how well they handled the structures. And because I know that was a difficult concept for me to learn. And uh, I, I, I am not, I have not, not thrown in those extra um, creating app lessons. That's a good suggestion. Thank you for that. And I'll have to consider that. And perhaps if there's somebody listening at Apple who's part of that team that creates that, maybe they could throw in a light app. Oh, no, like halfway through the chapter. That's a really good suggestion, right? Because if yeah, it just it just gets them a little bit more, you know, live. I guess for for lack of a better term. You know, to take home a Swift playground and show, hey, mom, look what I did. I created a structure here is quite different than, hey, mom, look at this where I hit a button and I can see a different picture. You know, we, we did an app where uh, we created a context. The, the first view controller was name, address, phone number. We stored that into a structure and then passed that structure to a second view controller that just showed it, um, you know, the name, address and phone number. But I think it kind of brings it fully together. Like, oh, that's how you're going to use a structure. You can pass one piece of data across the uh, segue rather than having to send each individual string, the name, the address, and the phone number. Yeah, that's excellent. So maybe if there's somebody listening and uh, 
<laughs> they have some responsibility there. They could they could make that happen for us. Have you left uh, any messages in the Swift Teacher Slack channel about that uh, for a suggestion? I have not. I, I will definitely need to uh, log on and, and do that. That's it's one of the things that you know. I'm just kind of compiling my thoughts and uh, um, ideas as I go through here. It just it's it says we all teach. You know, the first year of something, you just try to keep your nose above uh, the waterline. And then uh, after the, the finish of the year, you kind of debrief a little bit and go, okay, what do I want next year? How do I want to change it? And what do I want to do to make it better? Because I think, I think that the, the team would be really receptive to that feedback and are really actively looking for it. And I'm sure we'll all go through and do our debriefings at the end of the year and, and give them our list. But I think as we go along, any information we can give them throughout the school year, as we go, yeah, they'll take and be able to have it ready for the beginning of the school year next year. So anybody out there, take your advice. Yeah. Anybody out there who's a member of the Slack, uh, the Swift teacher Slack team, um, if you have any input, just let it, let the, uh, put it out there in the community. And, um, I'm sure there'll be somebody who's looking at that and taking that, uh, advice. Our, my next question, and I think you've already answered. So you've, you, you've taught math your entire career, but you've also sure. taught now three different programming languages, right? Yes. And uh, well, a couple more, if you count, uh, we did for about three or four years, a web, uh, development class. And I did everything in there from XHTML and a little bit of PHP and Java server faces and Java server pages and oh, wow. CSS. So, yeah, it's it, it, as you know, and, and many of your listeners, I'm sure, know, you get to a point where it's like, OK, and if statements and if statement. And uh, when they ask me to, to teach a new class, it's just give me the book and I'll, I'll go for it. So what I want to know is, since you've taught and had so many experience with other languages, how does Swift compare to those other languages? It's by far my favorite. It, what I absolutely love about Swift is how quickly you can get into the real cool design and uh, implementation phases. You know, I, I always joked in, early in my career in uh, Java where... A kid would ask within the first week, you know, when are we going to program games? And I say, well, if, if, if you mean rock, paper, scissors, where it says press one for rock, press two for paper, press three for scissors, and the computer chose rock, you chose scissors. Um, if you, that's what you mean, by the end of the year, we'll be good. But if you're talking graphics and things moving around the screen and, and the, the things that you are, I think, envisioning then that's probably not going to happen in my course here this year. That's something that you're going to learn in college. But uh, in 2014, when Swift came out and our district kind of focused on app development as our introductory, I was just amazed at how quickly you could get into some really cool things, you know, visual and uh, also behind the scenes with Swift. Um, it, it just It's so quick to get to the design piece of how do I want to do this and how do I want to do that? Um, I've had kids be able to pick up the language super fast as well because of uh, the ability to, to see how each kit is basically designed in the same, in the same way where some other languages, Objective-C especially, where this situation, it would be phrased in this way. In this situation, it would be done a slightly different way. I think Swift is a really easy way of, hey, once you understand how to create this object, all the other objects of different types are going to be created in a very similar way. 
So that's that's some of the pieces that I absolutely love about Swift. My students come with no, virtually no coding background. Uh, they come to my school for their junior, just their junior and senior year. And we have 20 different school districts that come to my school. And, you know, one is a, has an Amish community, so they have graduating classes of 12. And then we have smaller urban districts. So they're all over the place. And what I love about Swift is I can look at the code and say, if that were a sentence and that were English, what would it say to you? And they all, well, most of them at least, you know, can read most of the, most English. And uh, they, they, they it's just the lack of extra syntax and just cruff makes it so great and so easy to work with. I mean, what's one of the reasons I think besides all the modern language stuff. I'll also add on that it's it's changed some of my naming conventions that I use in my AP Computer Science A class in Java. You know, I'm, I'm definitely paying more attention to naming functions and methods um, and variables in, in a different way because of kind of how Swift has done that. And, uh, you know, the, the naming conventions has, has, of Swift has changed how I teach the Java naming conventions. I'm sure they'd be thrilled about to hear that uh, <laughs> in other companies about how Swift is influencing your programming and, other, and teaching of it in other places. What has been most surprising to you in teaching Swift? Um, I, I guess the, the the first thing was the growth. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, in 2014, we we only had about 150 students across all six high schools enrolled in computer science at that time. And uh, we've seen an over 800% growth. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, the support and the growth that we've seen in our district. And I really think that it, it changed how we looked at computer science. Um, so we, we've, we've definitely taken it to the design aspect of being able to make the app is more important than learning how a class works in, the, in our initial classes. You know, at the beginning of my career, we taught J Java in uh, our intro level class. And, you know, I definitely took kind of an older style of computer science of like, okay, here's a variable, here's a loop, here's an if statement as you go through and progress. Whereas intro to app development now in our beginning level class, from day one, we're putting things on the screen to be able to look at it. And variables are, you know, down a couple weeks. And we don't need to talk about a variable. We just want to be able to, to create the app. And, and once you have the kids want to learn, then all of a sudden they're so much more engaged. You know, I don't introduce an array until I put them into a situation where they kind of want the array because they've got 10 variables. And the kids will start to say, couldn't I do this better than saving it like 10 separate variables? I'm so glad you asked. Tomorrow's lesson is about arrays. And it, it's, it's so fun to, to watch. And so I've, I've been pleasantly surprised at the growth because I always saw us as a course as like a third tier class. You had the, the core classes, the math, the English, the science that everyone had to take. And then you had like the cool electives, the electives that everybody wanted to be a part of. And then there was computer science that was kind of a niche group of kids. You know, it was the, the, the group of kids that weren't serviced by some of the other, the other courses. And suddenly we're, we've become almost core in, at, at some times of how important uh, our district has you know, pushed 
computer science as, as a career pathway. When you look at the numbers of unfilled jobs in the states, it's mind-boggling how uh, how quickly someone can get a job if they understand computer science. Yes, I just was in uh, Cleveland. I did a presentation with my local Apple team to some teachers in the Cleveland Metropolitan School District, and my development executive had the slide. It was 529,000 uh, computer science jobs in the U.S., and last year there were right around 50,000 computer science graduates. So, yes, definitely I, there are jobs available. And that's great that they that your district is so heavily pushing uh, computer science and, so, and sees the value in that. What I what I will be interested to see with my students and and over the next few years is and I would be able to see it more if I were in a district like yours that you know you have them for their entire educational span is how all this exposure to computer science and that kind of algorithmic thinking I would have to think it's going to help them in some of their other courses especially math yeah I I, I would agree we we do some uh, surveys of asking them about how it's. Uh developed and, and the kids do come back and say that it has affected their their thought process in uh, other classes and, and that's only a good thing to kind of develop that idea of algorithmic thinking and thinking through this, the set of steps that they need to do to be able to solve real world problems whether they're in math or English or, or wherever so your students have responded well to learning Swift they like it yeah it yeah it's it the they the the class is fun. <laughs> I don't know of any other way to to phrase it than, you know, it's 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 fun to be a part of. You know, the district has spent huge money to make the the classroom environment perfect. I have uh, absolute nirvana in my classroom. I have a laptop uh, cart that has uh, thirty MacBook Airs. I have uh, 52-inch TVs at the end of each one of my adjustable tables where the kids can do code reviews together and uh, talk about um, their code and how they're doing it. We do an app presentation night at the end of the year where the kids get to show uh, their apps that uh, they've presented, that they've done. And uh, we, for my AP Computer Science Principals class, we do a Shark Tank uh, idea where the teachers in my school can come down to my kids and pose an app that uh, they would like to see. And so the kids then get to choose if that app will be made. So currently, my kids are making an app for the auto shop in which uh, they can take and scan the VIN number off the car. It tells them what car it is. And uh, then it says if they've worked on that car before and what they've worked on so that the auto teacher kind of keeps track of that. Uh, we've got another one that's working on to, to scan student IDs for dances, where at any time the chaperones of the dance that have the app on their phone know what kids are in the dance and what kids are not at the dance. Wow. And uh, we have a, another group that's working on a library app that's going to do a single sign-on to all of our library databases so that all kind of put in together into a one place the kids can go and do their research for their English paper or science or, or history paper all in one place. So some pretty cool stuff that my kids are doing. So it sounds like they've responded well and they're killing it. Yeah, they are. They, they are just, they, they love the, the language and they love uh, learning computer science. It, it's, it's such a, a wonderful time to be a part of. Isn't that amazing when you like hit that sweet spot and like kids find their niche, niche or niche. And 
they just run with it. Isn't that exciting to see? It is so exciting. And I, and I love when they contact me two years late, two years later and be like, Oh, I'm in computer science. I'm at Notre Dame or I'm doing this or doing that. And those are when it makes it all worth it. That's great. You also teach teachers how to become swift computer or swift coding or computer science instructors through mobile makers. How have you found that experience and the teachers with which you are working? It's been fantastic. So like I said earlier, I had uh, been trained by mobile makers. And then the, the year after I was trained, I was hired by them. And since that time, I've uh, been training teachers, as you said. So each summer, we uh, it used to be a two-week kind of boot camp that we did. And we were finding that a lot of teachers couldn't find two weeks to be able to, to, to vote to uh, that. So now currently it's a one week boot camp in the summer. And then we do virtual trainings on Saturdays throughout the course of the, the school year. And a lot of what we're seeing through mobile makers is teachers being repurposed from uh, other disciplines. Um, one of our best computer science teachers here in my district actually had never taught computer science before learning uh, Swift through mobile makers. And now he's killing. He's got five sections of mobile apps and um, like two sections of AP Computer Science A and one section of advanced coding principles. And he's he's doing fantastic. But he was a business teacher and uh, he was able to pick up computer science uh, through uh, the mobile makers curriculum. And uh, he's doing great. And we're seeing it from time and time again in, in other schools. I think mobile makers is now in uh, over, over 50 schools. And uh, all the feedback is that, you know, been positive about uh, the growth that they're seeing in their schools. And after that, that two weeks, people are always hesitant. I, I don't know if I can do this. But then uh, six months in, all of a sudden they're saying, my kids are just thriving on this. And I really do attribute it to uh, how quickly you can do the, the cool stuff with uh, iOS and with uh, Swift programming. So... It's been a wonderful experience for me. I mean, I was at one point I was training teachers in Montgomery, Alabama, for community colleges to teach um, iOS and Swift development, and it was really a great experience. And I, I've been very lucky to be a part of it. Wow, that's that sounds awesome. Is that yes. uh, that computer science teacher in your district? Is that anybody I know? Uh, Paul Hennig. No. Is. Uh, Oh. You're probably thinking, I also am very lucky, Tom Morose is one of the uh, other ADEs that was selected with myself. So we've got a pretty good group of computer science teachers here in our district that I would get to work with. Yeah, yeah, it's an all-star team. So if there's somebody out there listening now and uh, they're thinking about starting to teach computer science and SWIFT in their district or thinking about advocating for it for their to their administration or they're an administrator and they want to get this started, what suggestions would you have for them? Um, I would first say jump in with both feet. <laughs> you know, it, the timing is perfect for the ability to get this running. The funding is there nationally. Um, the funding um, can, you know, just get you off the ground. And then uh, once the kids kind of take to it, you just kind of get out of their way and let them run with it. Um, I've, I was lucky. One of my students just put an app on the app store and he also just won the ninth congressional district app challenge that, uh, they run each year. And, uh, I kind of said the same thing 
to, to the newspaper when they did a quick article on him. He was the kind of kid who you kind of teach a concept to and then just get out of his way. And uh, that's one of the things I love about um, the app development is from a very beginning stage, you can kind of show a kid how to do something and then just kind of get out of their way and, and let them go crazy on what they want to make. You know, I had a girl in my class that made an app of just all the places she wants to visit in her life. You know, it's just pictures of different things. And it's just kind of a cool idea to, to ever think about. And I have another student that made Simon the, the game as, a, <laughs> as an app. And uh, it just to let them have that creativity is, is just mind blowing when they uh, surprise you with some cool stuff. And so uh, the, the advice I would give is jump in with both feet. You know, if, if you're struggling to, to find resources, the app development with Swift and the intro to app development with Swift uh, curriculums are a great place to start. Um, I think Mobile Makers is, is a great place to start. Um, you know, just start talking to people. Um, the, the connections that I've made, you know, you, Brian, and uh, Daniel Budd in Australia and Mark Ives in Canada through just app development has just been... Uh, unbelievable jump starts to my career and uh i think it takes off with the kids too and they they are just excited to be able to do it there's nothing more prevalent right now than uh the the ability to download an app i mean kids are doing it when you don't want them to do it and uh if they can make their own apps then uh, all the better for them yeah this is this is like the time to get into it although i will say it is um there is a new movie out, and it was uh, it's called App: The Human Story, and it's it's on Vimeo. Uh, you can buy it for fifteen dollars. Uh, it's fantastic. It it follows a lot of independent developers and what their life has been. So it they talked to Cable Sasser from Panic and Brent Simmons and a lot of other famous indie developers. And if you, I bought it. I'm going to show my students it day before. Uh, holiday break starts so that they can get an idea of what kind of profession they're entering into, but you can see the excitement and what these people's careers and lives are like. And it's, it's a really exciting time to be in computing because one thing they talk about is, you know, we're in the beginning of the computing age, really It's where the computers haven't been around very long and we're kind of setting the rules right now. So well said, Bob. Bob, where can people find you or your work online? Um, well, I am on Twitter at uh, at jhhs brown, uh, so uh, you can uh, tweet me there. Now we're gonna I'm gonna introduce a uh, new segment called Pro Tip. I've reached out to people in the uh, Swift Teacher Slack team for Pro Tips. I've gotten lots of different uh, suggestions. Uh, I think we're up to one. And uh, it comes from me. So pro tip for all of you teaching out there, if you're transitioning from Swift Playgrounds to intro into app development in Swift and, or app development Swift, so you're going from an iPad-based curriculum to a Mac-based curriculum, students forget and struggle with remembering to insert the parentheses around a string. And because it, it was done for them mostly in the uh, Swift Playgrounds app, so if anybody from the Swift Playgrounds team is listening, maybe we make that in Learn to Code 3 a requirement for them to put in the opening and closing uh, quotation. Did I say parentheses earlier? I meant quotation marks. It's, I consistently make that same mistake in my classroom. 
Uh, so at least I'm consistent. Yeah. So the opening and closing quotation marks, students forget to put that in there. It took us like two days of debugging for me saying, oh, uh, well, you actually haven't made this a string yet. See how it's not red? Oh, yeah. Okay. So because that's auto-inserted so much in the Swift Playgrounds app, they forget to do that. Bob, do you have a pro tip for us? I know I'm just springing this on you. I would say pro tip of uh, Swift Playgrounds and Xcode Playgrounds uh, doing a uh, shortcut to be able to switch between the mark up and mark down uh, versions of the language to be able to see what the code is behind the scenes to be able to see the rendered code or the non-rendered code. Have you noticed that in uh, I think it is it Xcode the most recent version of Xcode 1.1. Yeah, I'm not I'm seeing where it's not actually rendering the mark the markdown correctly. Right. Have you seen that? Yep. It I have seen the exact same thing, and supposedly it's coming in the new update. Okay, because that is really annoying to have to, like, on every page, so annoying. editor, show rendered markup, then switch show, and then go back. Yeah, it comes unrendered, then you got to switch out, so... Okay, good. So maybe they'll get that that fix in the works. Well, if you'd like to find the show notes for today's episode, you can find them over at swiftteacher.org slash podcast, and this is episode 17. Bob, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, talk with me and share your insights. I really appreciate it. Brian, thank you for your time. And we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Time to get Swifty. 